Hey, let's open our Bibles, John chapter 3. We are in the middle of a study, and uh, we've been away for a couple of weeks, but we're in the middle of John chapter 3, uh, the very last uh, verses there, verses 31 through 36. Actually, we were there last week, if, now that I remember. Last week, we talked about, uh, you know, a man can receive only what is given him from heaven, that uh, what what. You know, God gives to us for us to learn to be content. Uh, and I, I keep thinking about this verse in Proverbs. I'll read it to you again. It says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. This thing about envy, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a, it's a problem today. It's a, it was a problem in Jesus' day. And I was thinking about it too. It, it really was, it goes back to the very beginning, right? With, with Cain and Abel. What happened with Cain and Abel? You know, he, he envied his brother, and then what did he do? He killed him. So, I mean, this, this is like, you know, it's a deep, deep problem. It's, it's uh, you know, even the disciples of Jesus and the disciples of John were having these issues. And, and, uh, but a man can receive only what is given him from heaven. And for you and I to learn to be, uh, to be content with what, God has given to us, be content with, with our part, and not think of ourselves more highly than we should. And John the Baptist said it so well. He said, he, speaking about Jesus, he said, he must increase, but I must decrease. We usually get that backwards about other people, even about God in our lives. I, I got you know, to grow, I got to get better, I got to whatever, you know. No, Jesus. So today, we're going to talk more about Jesus. It's a good day to talk about. It's always a good day to talk about Jesus, right? <laughs> but I want, to, um, I want to ask you this question. It's not a loaded question. Uh, really, it's just a question. Uh, where are you from? Let me ask, how many of you, of you are from Rhode Island? Like oh, three quarters or so. How many of you are not from Rhode Island? Like, where are you from? Go ahead and shout it out. Ohio, Mexico, I heard. You know, there, there was this, uh, you know, there was this pastor, and, and some churches do this where, where they ask visitors to stand up and make you feel completely, you know, embarrassed. And they made, you know, they ask him to stand up. If you're a visitor, stand up and tell us where you're from, right? And and so, you know, he got to all the different people, and and then, but there was still this one guy standing up and standing up in the back. So he said, "Well, where are you from?" And he said, "I'm an usher." <laughs> and the guy said, "Oh, Russia. Oh, wow." <laughs> you know, it couldn't really. <laughs> so that's kind of what I heard. Some of you are from Russia. And, you know, but we're from all different places, right, at all different uh, times. You know, this, you know, it has to do really with, with, well, where you were born. You know, sometimes if you say, where are you from, you, you, you would answer where you were born. Or maybe where you've been living for a long time. If you, if you just got there, you're not going to say that place. Where are you from? I'm from Cranston. How long have you been there? About a week. No, you're going to say wherever you came from before that, right? And, but, but it's kind of interesting, and, and I, 
I like ask, asking people that. I guess maybe some people get offended by that, but I, I, I'm just curious about people, you know, people's lives, like what, you know, what your story is, where you're from. And, and uh, I, I wonder here today who, who is from the furthest away. If you think you are some, somewhere really, really far away, where is it? England. England. Wow, that's far. Anybody else beat that? Japan, that is definitely farther. You got it. That's the farthest, yes. Anybody else? You know, uh, most of you know this, but I'm, I'm from, uh, from uh, West Warwick. No. <laughs> People talk to me and they say, like, where are you from? Like, you're not from around here, are you? You know, if somebody is like greets you on the street and smiles at you and says hello, isn't that what you say? Like, you're not, around, you're not from around here, are you? Where are you from? You know, we go down to Florida sometimes and you, you walk and people like they, they actually, you know, you pass them walking on the beach, they'll wave and say hello. You go like, wow. I'm like... You must be from here or something. I don't know where you're from. But I'm actually from San Diego, as you know. that. But I brought a few pictures for you just because. And, and the first couple, uh, these are from, uh, that's from La Jolla Shores, one of my favorite places in the world. It was actually daytime. It makes it look like nighttime, but it was daytime. But um, this one here, I've talked about this before, right? The cross on Mount Soledad and and. And that whole story for years and years, they tried to get the cross taken down, and it is still there. And that is so cool. So Nicola and I were there, you know, uh, a number of weeks back because my dad was very ill. And he, you know, so her and I went and we stopped there uh, one day. And, and uh, it's an incredible, it's just incredible. You can see this thing from miles and miles and miles away. And it's incredible. But, but this here, this next one here, this is where I'm from. Now, that's the name of the street that I lived, Idlewild. And I kind of think, I was thinking about that, like, is there some kind of meaning in that? Idle? You idler? Wild? Yeah, I mean, that's where we were. So, so I was born and brought home to this house that house there, and I lived up until the time just before I got married uh, and lived in that house. And it's not in very good shape right now. It's hard to tell this picture. It's a little bit dark, uh, but you can kind of see there. It's, it's kind of beat up. And when we lived there, it was, it was the beat-up house in the neighborhood. At that time, it was just, you know, in the, in the uh, 50s, uh, and the house was built in 54, you know, all the other houses were in st pretty good shape, but our house was kind of beat down because, you know, my mom was taking care of us by herself. We had eight kids, and uh, it, you can't see it here, but our, finger pr our, our, our handprints are in some concrete right there at the front steps. They're still, it's still there. Of course, these folks, they don't seem to care much. I mean, they leave junk around. Uh, as you can see, there's another picture here. Oops. Uh, that's kind of like, it's a corner lot, 
The interesting thing about it is it's only about 7,500 square feet. Guess how much it's worth, even in that condition? Almost $700,000. $700,000. Just because of where it is. Like, that's insane. But that's where I'm from. And now, you, now it all makes sense, right? It all fits together. Now I understand that guy's so insane. He's idle. He's wild. Thirty twenty one, idle wild away, pretty insane. Where are you from? That's the question. But you saw the next slide already, and the message that I have today is really where are you from with a capital Y? Speaking about Jesus, where is Jesus from? You know, some would say he's from Bethlehem, right? Why? Because that's where he was born. And others would say, and they did say this to him, that he was from where? From Nazareth, right? You know, oh, you know, Joseph's, you know, Mary's son from Nazareth. That's who he, that's where he was from. That's who he was. So, but, but this, this, it's, it's just way more than that. It's way deeper than that. And I think it's something that we, we, we kind of think about and we, we say yes to, but I don't think we really get it that he wasn't from Bethlehem. He wasn't from Nazareth. Where was he from? So let's, let's read there in verse 31. John chapter 3 says, The one who comes from above is above all. And the one who is from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks as one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He's making a very, very big distinction here between, really, between John the Baptist and between Jesus. Between John the Baptist and Jesus. One was from the earth. One was, was from there. But Jesus... He says, it says that he comes from above and he's above all. You see, this was no normal birth. And I think we kind of get that. This was just not a normal birth because why would, you know, people all over the world, all over the planet be celebrating the birth of, you know, this one particular person? I mean, happy birthday, John, but, you know, I don't know that there are many people celebrating your, your birth all over the whole globe, right? We do. Happy birthday again, by the way. Doesn't he look good for 51? It's amazing. But people all over the globe celebrating this birth, there was something radically, radically different. And, and it's, we find it here in the Gospel of John that he, that he comes from above, that he comes from heaven, that he's different from all others. There's no one else can say this. He's in a whole different category, that Jesus came from heaven. That he was there from all eternity past. He was, you know, he was and is God the Son. He's there now at the right hand of the Father. But, you know, as I said, said earlier, you know, it's a good time to talk about Jesus all the time. And that's why we talk about Jesus all the time, because, because of who he is. Because of, of, of the radical difference between him and us. Jesus is God, he, and we've seen that from the very beginning of the Gospel of John. Jesus is God, and, and, and at Christmas time we, we talk about Emmanuel, 
right? Which means what? God with us. So God came down. He was from above. He was from heaven. He came down to us. He was sent by the Father to be with you and to be with me. There's a big, dif- big difference. He, he points it out here. He says that, you know, the, the one from the earth belongs to the earth. And he speaks as one from the earth. You know, that, that's really all of us. When he, when he says earth there, the word is dust. The one from the dust. Or another word for dust is what? Dirt. dirt. He's from the dirt. You know, that's where you and I came from, right? I, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but that's kind of like we're just all dirt, right? That's where we came from, right? Isn't that what we read about in the, in the book of Genesis? But 1 Corinthians 15, I put it on the screen for you. The first man was of the dust or of the dirt of the earth, speaking about Adam. The second man, speaking about Jesus, was from heaven. Big difference, right? Paul, the apostle, writing here, saying the same thing as what we're reading here in the Gospel of John. A very, very big difference. We saw it earlier in chapter 3 of John. No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. In John chapter 6, it it comes up again. He says, for I have come down where? From heaven. Not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. He was sent by the Father, sent down to do the will of the Father And the will of the Father was what? That he would give his life for us. Radical difference. And again, I don't think we really get this. This is so big. This is so huge. If you don't remember anything else, remember this, that, that Jesus wasn't just born a baby there in Bethlehem. He came down from heaven. He took the form of a man, yes. But he existed for eternity past before he came to the earth. That's why we can celebrate. That's why we can talk about him. That's why we can actually worship him. If he was just a man, the Bible says you don't worship men. You don't worship anything else except God alone. Notice it says there that he is above all. He is above all. Again, there's there's just this huge distinction He's above all. Look at verse 32. It says this. He testifies. Who does? The one who comes from heaven. Jesus. He testifies to what he has seen and heard. But no one accepts his testimony. He's he's speaking about it. When, When Jesus talks about heaven, when Jesus talks about the Father, he can do that. Why? Because he was there. Because he has first-hand knowledge. He has direct knowledge, not second-hand knowledge. He was there. He knows what he's talking about. That's why we can trust what he says. That's why, you know, what he says, if we we take his words into our lives, we'll know the truth, and the truth will what? Will make you free, will set you free. He says here, though, notice that he says that no one accepts his testimony, and and he's kind of referring to the majority. Because in the next verse, it says the man who has accepted it, Look at verse 33. The man who has accepted it has 
certified that God is truthful. So, so he, he, he's saying that you know, no one accepts it, but there is the man or the one that it does accept it. And I think that is also true of what we see in this world, that it has to do with what Jesus spoke about in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, that there's the, the wide road and the narrow road. You know, they're not, you know, busting down the doors to get in here, you know. Compared to percentage-wise of the, all the population in our state, in our area, and even in this town, it's a small number. But the man who has accepted it, and I, and I think that probably includes most of you here. I don't, I don't know every one of you personally. I don't know your story. That's why I like to hear people's stories. Uh, I met a, a gentleman the other night, and uh, I, have to, I have to say uh, that I'm very proud of the youth group, and not just the youth group for what they're doing, but also that we, we have a group of, of, of youth that are learning worship and learning how to play and and uh, uh, one of them suggested, right, Malia did, even though she wasn't well enough to come. But thank you for everything you did. Uh, we went to a nursing home on Monday night, right? And we just sang some Christmas songs, right? And it was wonderful. It was incredible. And there was a gal there. Uh, there was a gal there. Her story, you know, she, she couldn't barely move, really. But she was singing every song. And we went and every one of us went and, and shook hands with everybody there. And she said, you know what? I, I said, you know, I, I saw you singing every song. She says, my, my dad was a minister. He was a pastor here in this area years ago. And then there was another guy there. And, and uh, he said he was a professor at URI. He taught math there. I said, Tony, was he one of your teachers? <laughs> he couldn't remember. Incredible. Everybody's got a story. But, but he says here in verse 33 that the man who has accepted it has accepted what? Accepted the testimony about who Jesus said he was. He said, it says that he has certified that God is truthful. In other words, as you and I receive and accept that testimony that, uh, about who Jesus is, we find out the truth. And we find out that he is truthful, that, that what he has told us is true. You see, sometimes we don't, we don't totally get it until we cross over, until we make that decision to let Jesus Christ come into our lives. And then he comes into our lives and, and we go, wow, this is, this is better. This is more than I even could imagine that it was. I know that that's true. That was true for me. I, and I've told you my, my story before. You know, it was me like, you know, I wanted what they had. This, you know, what the, what the pastor was talking about, what the people around me, they obviously had something that I did not have. And I wanted it. And so I said, I said they said, just say a prayer. And this was my prayer. Okay, God, if you are who they say you are, then prove yourself to me. Like, what an idiot. But you know what? He did. He proved himself to me. He changed my life. You know, 3021, idle, wild way, you know, 
with the police cars out in front all the time. They knew the way they had, you know, autopilot to get from the station to our house. I'm not exaggerating. Jesus changed my life. And I can testify that, you know what, he is truthful, that he speaks the truth and that what Jesus says is true. What he says is true, and he's been faithful to me over and over again for, for the whole time. God is truthful. He's trustworthy. I want you to turn with me to the, to the book of 1 John, and this is way back near the uh, book of Revelation. So just keep going till you get to 1 John chapter 5. These are some important verses, some verses that, of course, we, we find, you know, the Gospel of John put together, written by John, and now the letter, the epistle of John. Again, we, we see the same sort of message. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 10. Chapter 5, verse 10. Look what it says. Very similar to what we just read here. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. So believing is the way that you receive this testimony, and then you have this testimony in your heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony that God has given about his son. In other words, to not receive it, in other words, what we're saying is, God, what you're saying is a lie. So I am not going to receive it. I'm not going to respond to it. I'm not going to allow you into my life because you're a liar. It's not true. You don't even exist, much less say things that are true. But, but notice what he says in verse 11 and 12. He says, and this is the testimony, the testimony that he says in verse 10 that's in our hearts. This is the testimony God has given us eternal life, and this life is where? In his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. It's very black and white, isn't it? You have the Son of God, you have Jesus, you have life. You do not have the Son of God, Jesus, you do not have life. That's pretty much the way it is. That's the message throughout the New Testament. Jesus is the way. That's the testimony. But you and I so often, until we actually experience it, we, we don't fully get it. The natural man, Paul says in Corinthians, does not receive or even comprehend the things of the Spirit of God. But, but, but the one who has received and been changed by the Spirit of God now understands spiritual things. Maybe you're still holding back. I don't know. Maybe if you are, hey, what have you got to lose? I figured I didn't have anything to lose in my case, right? I mean, I had, you know... I was just into all kinds of stuff, and, and I had went to college, and I dropped out of college, and I, was, I had nothing, really. So what did I have to lose? What do you have to lose? A day in your life? What have you got to gain? Eternal life. Forever life. Look at verse 34 now back in John chapter 3. He says, for the one whom God's has sent, 
speaking about Jesus now, speaks the words of God. For God gives the Spirit without limit. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. This is incredible. Again, we're talking about Jesus. Why, why do we lift Him up? Why do we talk about Him so much? Why is it, do we always have to get back to Him? Because this is where it all you know, happens for us as a, as, a, as a race, as the human race. Without Jesus, we have got nothing. It's all Him. It's all because of Him. It's all got to do with Him. He comes and He speaks God's Word. He, he has the, the, the Holy Spirit without measure, without limit. We see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all involved. The Father loves the Son and has placed everything in His hands. In other words, He's the Lord of all. We see that in the Bible over and over. It's all, it's all in His hands. It's in Jesus' hands for you and for me. There isn't any other way. It's, it's Him or nothing. Jesus. I, I had a, a conversation with someone, someone who uh, I, I won't name and nobody here in this room. And, and they said, you know, they said, I've, I've got this understanding with God, right? We've got, we've got this like this bargain with God. And I said, oh, really? And I said, well, you know, and this person told me this before. And I, I said, well, tell me about it because I'm curious, like what? What is this understanding you have with God? And I, and I said, because, and I asked, I asked, I said, does it include Jesus? And this person knows about Jesus. Does it include Jesus? Because if it, if it doesn't include Jesus, there's not much of an understanding that's going to do you any good. Well, that conversation didn't go too well. Person felt like I was pressuring him, and I just wanted, I was said, I'm just curious. Whoa. I'm just curious. But the you know, the big question, you've heard this before, is that the big question that we are going to be greeted with at the pearly gates, if you want to use that uh, expression, is what have you done with my son? That's the question. What have you done with my son? Did you receive him? Did you reject him? Have you, did you take him at his word? Did you even give him a chance? Did you give him the time of day? What have you done with my son? That's the big question. Look at verse 36 as we begin to wrap this up. This is my first closing. I can't end too early, you know, because the Sunday school people, I know they're kind of like real excited about uh, their performance and everything, but... They're probably having, you know, having to calm them down back there because, you know, like, wow, that was, that was huge. Let's bring them out and have them do it again. <laughs> Verse 36, whoever, who does that include? Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. But whoever... There's another whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him or abides on him. 
Notice he says that whoever believes, and, and I mentioned that earlier, the way, the way to, to have this testimony, way to enter is through faith, is, is believing in the Son. That he said he came and, he, and what he came to do and what, what, what was spoken and what the Bible teaches about him, about Jesus Christ. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ, it says that he will get eternal life. Is that what it said? What does it say? Has. Yeah, you can read it there. Don't look at me. Look at what it says there. It says he has eternal life. You and I, when we believe, it's just the beginning, but we have it now. I have eternal life now. I have eternal life. It's not when I die, I'm going to have eternal life. No, I have it now, life. Jesus saying, you know, he said, he said, I have come that they might have what? Life and have it what? Abundantly. Not when you get to heaven, but have it now, even in the midst of the dark, darkness and the, the, the struggle and the pain and the hurt and the sorrow that we face, as we sang about in Psalm 90. You have eternal life now. This, this affects your life today. It affects my life today. Or it should. Now, if, if you know, we're born again and we're walking around and people think that we're the most miserable people on the planet, there's something wrong, right? We need to maybe pray and say, God, I, I, I'm not quite experiencing what you have said that I should experience. You should know the truth. The truth will set you free. You'll have abundant life. Turn to the two chapters ahead, John chapter 5, verse 24. John chapter 5, verse 24. He says, I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. And I like this, I like this last phrase here. It says, he has crossed over from death to life. He's crossed over from death to life. You, you, you were dead. I was dead. I've crossed over. I'm alive now. I was dead before. I thought I was living. Actually, I didn't. I knew I really wasn't living much. He's crossed over from death to life. The one who believes in Jesus, the one from heaven, the one that was sent from the Father. Notice back in John 3, verse 36, someone pointed this out. He said nothing in this verse about keeping the law. Nothing in this verse about obeying the golden rule, about going to church, about doing the best we can, about working our way to heaven. Nothing in that about here. It says whoever believes has Eternal life. Whoever believes in the Son of God has eternal life. But whoever rejects the Son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on him. I had to think about that. This is the only time the word wrath is used in this gospel. But, but he's speaking really about what he's already taught, what, what's already been seen. Look back to verse 18. It says this, 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So the wrath and the condemnation is already there. Why? Because of sin. Because of the holiness of God and because of sin in us, the sin nature, the sin in the human race. We're already dead. Paul said it, we're dead in trespasses and sin. We are already dead. If we want to, you know, have life, we need to receive and believe in the Son of God. There's no way to make it go away except through Jesus. So there's only two options from what I can see here. And this is a, this is a very clear passage. And again, uh, when we started chapter 3, someone said, uh, a number of authors said, you know, John chapter 3, if you want to uh, have it all put together for you, it's all right there. Being born again. You know, John 3, 16. Uh, John 3, 36. It's all there. And it's all found in the person of Jesus. So the two options, really, one is to believe, and what's the other? To reject. To believe or to reject. Now, does that mean you have to, you have to uh, say, I reject you? To reject? No, actually, the truth is, not believing and receiving is the choice is already made. You've already done it. We've already, as a human race, we've already rejected God. We've chose to go. We've chosen to go our own way. But Jesus, 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 sweetest name I know, fills my every longing, keeps me singing as I go. There's no other place for hope for you and for me but Jesus. The one from above. So, so where'd Jesus come from? Are you sure? Yeah, the kids told us that, right? Jesus, he, he, he came down from heaven. He came down from above. He came down to be with us, to be with us. Why? To live with us, to die for us, and to reconcile us back to the Father. That's really why he came. It's so cute, you know, though, the, the picture of the, the manger, you know, the, the creche, they call it. Uh, where, where Jesus was, it's, such a, it's a beautiful picture, isn't it? It really is. But isn't it so much more than that? That, that, that God came down, he took the form of man, Philippians tell us. He, he took the form of a servant, he became man, he humbled himself. He emptied himself to, to come down for you and for me. And, and that's what we're talking about today. That's who we're talking about today. So, Merry Christmas. And I have to ask the question, do you have the Son? He who has the Son of God has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. He goes on to say in 1 John, he said, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. I want you to know the truth. And he says, I've written these things down so that you would know that you have eternal life. And no matter how bad your life is even now and even here, and it is difficult, 
You know, it's not true what people say. You know, become a Christian and your life is going to be uh, wonderful, a bed of roses. Well, roses have thorns too, right? Mm -hmm. It's not true. But he's promised us to have joy and help us in the middle of all of the stuff that goes on in this life. This life is difficult. I know it. You know it. There's no point in just, you know... In fact, Jesus said it too, didn't he? He said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And, and, and literally it means, but be courageous, for I have overcome the world, is what it literally says and means. Do you have the Son of God? If you do, you have eternal life. I want you to know that. The Bible tells us that. And God wants us to know that. He wants you to know what he has done for you. If you don't have Jesus, you know, today is a great day. Hey, you can accept him. You can ask him. You can receive him. Even if you're skeptical, even if you're not sure, if you give him a chance and ask him, he, he will come. I, I, I can say it without doubt. Because why? Because like we read there, the one who has the testimony can testify that he is truthful has certified that God is truthful. He is truthful. He will answer you. Not only about, about being born again, but I think about everything else too because he hears the cries of his people. He does. So let's pray together. I want to give you an opportunity. Uh, Tony, you want to come up and play for me? I meant to ask you. Father, we thank you so much for the gospel of John. I thank you for the gospel of John chapter 3. What an incredible, incredible statement. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting, eternal life. Have it. You've given it to us. It's found in Jesus. The wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. Lord, as we come to celebrate uh, Christmas, and, and I know we got a lot of stuff going on, and, and there is stuff that, that is happening, and, and you can't even stop, you know, the the painful things that happen even at Christmas time and 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 but but to know you Jesus in the middle of all of it that's what we want to see you high and lifted up to see your face to trust you no matter what we what we get or we don't get for for Christmas no matter whether we can be with our family or we can't be with our family. And Jesus, you are real, you are truthful. You are the truth. So we acknowledge that and we, and we call out to you today, Jesus. Hear the, hear the cries, the longing in our hearts. Meet with us, Lord. 
I pray right now, too, for any that have never given you that opportunity. And, and maybe that's you. you. Can I speak to you now? You can open your heart today. And simply pray. Pray as you would think it best, where you can pray. I don't really get it, but I, I know I don't have anything to speak of right now, and so I'm, what have I got to lose? Or maybe you're just hurting, and you, you know that you're lost, and you need help, and you need God in your life. You can come to Jesus right now. And just simply call on the name of Jesus. The Bible says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved, rescued. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe I, I receive, I believe in the fact that you came to the earth, that you lived, that you died on the cross for my sin, and you were buried and you rose from the dead. I, I, I receive you today. I ask you in to my heart today. In Jesus' name we pray.